Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Projects at Work, and I'm very, very psyched because finally I get to interview Roman Pischler again. He's written a new book, Strategize, um, which takes a lot of the tools that he's been promoting on his website and brings them all together. And I am like, I've literally been waiting a long time for this. So Roman, thank you very much for the book and for your time today. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks for the kind introduction. It's, it's really nice to be with you. So can I ask you why, why the new book? I mean, I'm very excited that you wrote a new book, but what led you down the path to this is the thing that I'm going to focus on? Yeah, great to hear that you're excited. Thanks. <laughs> the, I don't think many people know, but my, my last book, um, Agile Product Management with Scrum, um, originally contained two additional chapters, um, one which um, is titled The Fuzzy Front End, and, and the other chapter on, on marketing, marketing in an agile Scrum-based context. And, and both, in a way, really um, try to look into what needs to happen outside of Scrum in order to um, be able to stock a pro backlog in a, in a, in a meaningful way. And so that was that, that was uh, that, that provided a motivation for me to work on a new book and, and write a new book because I felt that you know those topics were un, unfinished business. I'd started them, but the quality of the chapters at the time I felt wasn't good enough to include them in the book. But uh, you know, at the same time, I I I I, I knew that those those topics are, are important. Um, and, and my observation really is that many product people, many product managers and product owners often get stuck in the in the weeds in a way, in the in the details. And you know, there's a good reason for it. Building successful digital products, but products requires a lot of attention to the details and writing user stories, you know, looking at user stories and thinking about if they're still relevant and, and, and changing and refining them. Managing a product backlog requires effort and, and, and attention. But I think if, if all we do is basically look at the, the details, we, we miss out on the bigger picture. We miss out on uh, the question why we're building a, a product in the first place and who we're building it for. And, and ultimately, I find it very tricky to um, stock an initial product backlog if, if I'm not clear on the value proposition of the product and who the users and the customers are. I find that I tend to speculate and I just, in a way, uh, dream up. Uh, epics that that I, I feel may represent features that are hopefully valuable, but I I, I find it I find it find it difficult to tell if, if that's really true. So, you know, for me, the 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 topics that the book tries to address are in a way uh, prerequisites for being an effective product person in an agile Scrum based context. So, if we were if we were going to talk about Scrum and think about like levels of agile planning, you've obviously got vision and roadmap, which which you already focus on, but you're adding strategy as well. Yes, that's right. And, and so in a, in a way, what the book has introduces or explains or builds on is, is you could say, a little model or framework that, that you know, I use in order to um, work with vision, strategy and roadmaps. So vision for me is an overarching aspirational goal, um, the positive change that the product should create in the world. So you know, one of the examples I use in the book is an, a healthy eating app. And so, you know, the, the, the vision behind such an app that helps people maybe become more aware um, what they eat or maybe drink and, and, and when and how much, um, you know, could be to help people uh, eat healthily or live healthily. So, you know, for me, the vision is something that's big and, as I said, aspirational and maybe maybe even inspiring. And ideally, it should be shared amongst the, the product person, the product owner, product manager, development team, and, and certainly the internal stakeholders. Um, and then the roadmap is is an actionable plan um, that 
I think should should describe how a product is likely to evolve um, across um, some, some some key milestones or major releases. And then what I call a product strategy sits in between the two. Um, so the strategy really describes the overarching approach chosen in order to uh, move towards the vision. Um, so, you know, to, to give you an example, if um, I want to spend some, some, some time with my family um, in the summer going on a, on a holiday in, say, southern France, and we live uh, in the UK, uh, just outside London, then the first thing that we have to figure out is how do we get to southern France? Uh, would it be most appropriate to drive, strategy number one? Uh, would it be better to fly, strategy number two? Or should we maybe take the train, strategy number three? And there's no point in my mind uh, thinking about the, the details of the journey and starting to look into, oh, should we take the ferry to get from the UK to France or the train? Um, and should we drive via Paris or Lyon? Um, and should we stop over or not and maybe book a hotel if I'm not sure that, you know, driving in a road trip actually makes sense? And, um, you know, so for me, you know, there's a lot of value in, in having working with a higher level strategy that um, I need to figure out first. I need to, uh, in a way, test and validate and then have the roadmap, um, as I said, as an actionable plan that then really um, adds some 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 detail um, to the strategy and says how the strategy is implemented over the next, say, 12 months or so. So the vision feeds the strategy, which feeds the roadmap. That's right. And then the roadmap in my model feeds the product backlog and that's how i like to um play things but like with anything in life there's no one right way and and so you know it's up to ultimately the, the reader to experiment with this approach and see if and how that works for um for for the individual okay so this one of the things that i've really been wanting to ask you for a long time about is about the go product roadmap um, I, that is something that I use and I use it in class with students. And one place where I get a little bit stuck is differentiating between the, the roadmap and the release. I mean, I understand them in my head, but when I'm trying to explain to somebody else what the difference is and I show them the canvas tool that you've created, I get a little bit lost. So how do you explain using the go product roadmap and then having that feed releases like a release plan? Yeah, yeah, good question. Thanks. So the way I look at a, at a roadmap is really that it, it essentially um, describes the journey you want to take your product on. And I quite like to work with releases, uh, major releases or product versions. Think of something like, you know, a very big release could be Windows 10 or iOS 9.2 as maybe a, a somewhat smaller release. And some some teams, some 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 product managers and product owners uh, like to work with, uh, you know, a fixed cadence and maybe have a release every two to three months, for instance, or every six weeks, a bigger release. In addition to all the small uh, updates, um, minor enhancements and bug fixes and continuous releases that you may be doing anyway. So these are really bigger, bigger software releases, bigger deployments. Um, so yes, there's there should be there should be an end user positive end user impact. So, so I think the example that you just gave about like the, the iOS updates is great. So there's this, this significant event that happens that kind of changes things, but then it, it's not saying that you can't have other releases along the way if you've got to do service pack updates or whatever. Absolutely. Yes. I think that's important to bear in mind that it, it doesn't mean that you're only allowed to release every so many weeks or months. It's just that 
I find if, if all I see are essentially a continuum of, of small, tiny releases, then I find that personally quite confusing and I find it's difficult to focus on. And so I really like the idea of having short-term goals. Um, and, you know, if you apply a, a process like Scrum, then, you know, those will be your sprints and your sprint goals. And you may want to work with weekly or fortnightly sprints and then, you know, have appropriate goals. And, um, and then I think it's kind of nice to have a midterm goal to work towards, you know, for the next maybe, maybe, maybe six weeks or maybe, maybe eight weeks or the next three months. And those kind of goals, uh, you know, that's what I would put on a roadmap. Um, so who would be, I mean, you've got the product owner, I'm assuming you're going to need the business as well as the development team to put that together. Is that fair to say? That's right. That's right. Yes, that's right. And my preference is, um, to, uh, adopt a, a collaborative approach. Um, so, you know, the, the different ways you can play this, um, you know, I've seen product people draw up a roadmap and then go to sales and then go to marketing, um, and go to development, go to the various uh, key stakeholders and say, what do you think, what do you think? And then, you know, um, listen to them, uh, note down their suggestions or requests and then rework the roadmap and then, you know, start the process again. And, you know, that can work. And if it works, there's no reason to change it. But, you know, I, I find it really beneficial to bring those uh, people together, to bring the, the key stakeholders or players together. So people who have an interest in the product and have an influence on on the product and, and the product decisions, um, and bring them together and, and, and discuss ideas about taking the product forward, moving it forward, making it, making it successful or keeping it successful uh, together. And I think that, that creates transparency and that shows the, the, the people from the different uh, departments and, and units, um, you know, which interests they have and um, hopefully leverages their, their creativity and, and knowledge and leads to a better understanding and a stronger buy-in. I mean, the best roadmap is useless if the stakeholders think um, ah, it's unrealistic or, uh, you know, oh, hairy, fancy ideas, but oh, we should be doing something completely different. So um, I think I think uh, the roadmap needs to be shared to be truly valuable. And getting people, bringing people together uh, can, can help you create such a shared uh, roadmap. Okay, cool. So... In putting the book together, what is the, what is the one, is there one specific thing that you're trying to fix or address? I think an important motivation for me in, in writing the book was really to um, provide a fairly comprehensive collection of um, practices, of concepts, techniques, and tools that I found helpful when dealing with strategy and, and roadmapping um, issues when creating a strategy and developing a roadmap for, for software products, for digital products. And my hope is that it will help um, product managers and product owners be in a way a little bit more strategy savvy um, and be a little bit more aware of important strategy and roadmap aspects and hopefully lead to more successful products. Um, and as I said, I think it's all too easy. And I noticed that in my own work to, uh, be, be focused on the tactics so much that we forget the bigger picture. But if I'm not even aware that I should be looking at the bigger picture, then there's a real issue. And I, I find that sometimes product managers and product owners aren't, aren't really fully aware of, you know, what product strategy and product, uh, roadmaps, uh, are what it is. Um, and, and don't really, un don't really have much knowledge about the, the relevant practices. So that that's something I hope to address with the new book. 
So this is something that I'm very curious to hear your opinion on. I, I have felt for a while, I mean, in the classes that I teach, um, there was such a massive push for people to become scrum masters and to get that kind of certification that it, for a while it seemed like all that was happening in my CSM classes was people were bitching about the POs sucking at their job. Um, and I feel like there's a lot more of a focus on product ownership now. I'm wondering if, if you see that and if, if you feel like there's a maturation or a kind of an evolution of how the people are understanding that role. Yeah, I share your view that there's more focus now on product ownership, certainly within the Agile Scrum community than there used to be maybe 10 years ago or so. And I think that's a very positive thing. Um, I still find that product owners, generally product people, you know, come from all sorts of walks of life and often are thrown into the role without having had the opportunity to prepare or receive adequate training. Um, and so that the challenge is not only to understand what Scrum or Agile are, you know, know about some ceremonies or, you know, get to understand what a product backlog is and how it helps me iteratively discover the product features and validate that we're building the right product with the right features, the right user experience, the right technologies and so forth, but, but also building up the necessary product management knowledge. And, um, and, 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 and part of that is really to um, become a little bit more uh, knowledgeable about product strategy and road mapping, for instance, but equally about, about other topics, uh, for instance, financial aspects, um, you know, business modeling, um, maybe some financial forecasting and business case creation. So I think, uh, you know, often I find that, that product owners just very much look at, oh, you know, this is what's, what Scrum says the role should be doing. And, and you know, the, the, the specific advice that Scrum, the Scrum framework that Scrum provides is very much focused on the tactical stuff. I know that the, the Scrum guide says the product owner is responsible for maximizing the value that the product creates. And then it goes on to talk all about product backlog related work and working with the team. And so I think that's what people focus on. Um, and as I said, often not necessarily realizing that there's other, there are other areas outside you know, product backlog management and interacting with a tech team that are important to know about and are important to tackle in the right way to be successful as a product owner. Yeah, it does. It doesn't mention a lot of the business related savvier or skills that you've got to have to be good at that job. Yes, that's absolutely right. And I think it's, it's fair. Scrum is a very simple, intentionally a very simple model. Um, and it never wanted to address everything. <laughs> and yeah. it's certainly not a product or product management model. Um, but I've come to very much see the product owner role as a product management role. And I think, you know, I hope that, you know, that's something that, that, that other product owners start increasingly to, to see and feel as well. And so, you know, for me, if somebody's called a, a product manager, um, a product owner, or in some cases, a, a business analyst, sometimes even a project manager, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, if you manage a product, if, you, if you're responsible that a product is successful or whatever success may mean for that specific product, then, you know, there's certain skills that you have, there's certain areas that you should know about. So this, this leads me to one of the questions I've been dying to ask you. Um, every time I am in a class, somebody wants to know the difference between a product owner and a product manager. And, and you've posted in the past that um, product owner is like a product manager plus X. But you've got a much, it seems like the focus has shifted a lot in that you're talking more about product managers and product management. Is that is how you look at those roles changed at all over the past couple of years? Yes and no. <laughs> okay. So 
you know, the, the first product owners I, I worked with um, in, a, in, in an agile scrum environment were essentially product managers. So, um, you know, for me, it was always natural to think of, oh, you know, a product manager should, should play the product owner role. But many people um, I, I, I interact with, many people I work with, I teach, you know, come and come with this idea that a product owner is a tactical or a technical product manager to somebody who's very much focused on the the details of the product um, and whose job it is to manage the product backlog and describe requirements and user stories and interact with the team. And then you have, even if that's how you define the role, then somebody else will have to take care of the more strategic aspects, um, more strategic product management aspects. And sometimes people say, well, you know, let's call that person the product manager. And it can make sense to split um, strategic and tactical responsibilities across individuals as a scaling technique, which means your products become successful, it's growing, um, it's attracting more features, um, you probably need more people to develop it, so that's great, it's a sign of success, and now it becomes unsustainable for one individual to look after the entire product that so you've got to scale up, and then you know, possibly splitting those responsibilities into a strategic role and a tactical role could work. Um, but I find often that's in fact very, very challenging. For, for me, it, it, the product owner ultimately is, is is a name and a title, and it's what you make of it. Um, if 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 people find it helpful to differentiate between a product owner and a product manager, then that's okay, as long as there's a shared understanding in the organization what a product manager does and what a product owner does, and when it actually makes sense to split product management responsibilities across those two roles. I see a lot of situations where people say, okay, well, we need a product owner. Let's just call the product manager the product owner in the same in the same way that they often want to say, well, let's take the product or project manager and just call him a scrum master. Mm-hmm. So there's but but it is to play the product owner role to be that part. It is more than just it, it's not the same exact same thing as you would normally consider a traditional product manager to be. Right. Yes. That, that, uh, yes, that's right. So depending on on how you play things. Um, you know, there, there is a more or less significant transition from working as a traditional product manager to being a product owner. Um, you know, one of the one of the big differences that I see is that product owners are required to work closer, generally speaking, with a development team, and on an ongoing basis. Traditionally, a product manager, in my experience, would do some market research and uh, some product planning and be involved in writing the product definition. That's then handed off to a project manager and a tech team in order to build the software according to the to the specification. And, you know, from then on, the product manager traditionally would only be very loosely involved in the development process um, through some uh, change uh, change control board. Okay. A similar, a similar group. And then come back in order to prepare the, the launch or the, the introduction of the, the product. Okay. So... Uh, switching gears a little bit, one of the things that, that you talk about in the book um, and, and the focus, I'm, I'm going to try to stick with the, the strategy topic, because to me, that is the aspect of it that is, at least for somebody who's been following you for a while and, and trying to help other people understand how this role works. That is the the newer, I get not new, but is the, the piece that hopefully will change is that people will spend more time focusing on strategy and how that leads to the other things. You break strategy down into 
a couple of different components and talk about how they're important to being kind of the building blocks of strategy. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yes. So I find it helpful to distinguish three, four key elements of what our product strategy, overall a high-level product strategy is. So for me, the value proposition, the problem that the product addresses uh, or the, the primary benefits that it should provide are key, just like the users and the customers that the product should serve, the people who should use it, uh, work with it, the people who uh, should purchase it, should should, should pay for it if, if appropriate. And then another important building block are the things that make the product stand out, that set it apart from competing uh, products, uh, other offerings out there in the marketplace. And finally, uh, the reason for uh, the business to invest in the product. So why does the company uh, spend money on developing a new product or you know, enhancing an existing product? Is it to generate revenue? either directly or by selling another product or service, or is it uh, to save money by automating business processes? So what, what is the primary business driver um, behind the product? And, and for me, those elements are really important to, to get straight and ultimately to, to understand um, before I can then build a, a, an actionable and a realistic roadmap. Okay, okay. Now, do you, when you're working with organizations um, to to develop this capability, sticking with the with the vision board for a second, um, across the portfolio, do you do you have guidance on how to make sure that your business goals from one product to the next are able to be looked at side by side and compared, or is each each its own kind of standalone thing? So that will depend a little bit on the relationship of the, the products. If the products um, form part of a portfolio, and you know, if you take something like Microsoft uh, Office, for instance, so you have a product family, you have a, a product suite, a portfolio of, of closely related products, then it probably makes sense to have shared business goals. And you look at how Microsoft monetizes and has been monetizing Office now for many years. You can't subscribe to words or PowerPoint or Excel individually. You have to subscribe or license the entire package. Um, but if your products are less dependent, if they're only very loosely coupled, um, then they can have different, uh, but hopefully complementing business goals. Um, you know, to give you an example from our own work, my my website, which I look very much as a as a as an uh, aggregate product, um, you know, serves to 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 market and 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 sell to a certain extent the services that my company provides. And I think that's important to know. It's important to know that I uh, pay enough attention to it and I make the right investment decisions. Okay. So then, but then we do need to have some kind of overall product owner who is got oversight of everything in the portfolio, right? And yeah, making possibly. decisions about what to go with. Yeah. And I would imagine that Microsoft's structured their product team, you know, for the, for the office suite in a similar fashion, that they have an overall product manager, product owner for, 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 for the entire suite, and then have individual product owners, product managers, or even then product teams for Word and PowerPoint and Excel. Um, but that's, that's, that's a bit of speculation. That's certainly how I would approach it. And then you can, can consider if it's worthwhile have doing a vision board, a strategy for the entire um, 
for the entire portfolio. If you do individual ones, you can consider if it's worthwhile doing a, a roadmap for the entire portfolio if you want to work with individual roadmaps. Um, and so that gets us done into, in a way, the topic of portfolio management, which is something I only very briefly touch in the book um, because it is a, a, a topic in its own right and it really would deserve you know, a, a book, um, a separate book. How so? How often do you recommend when you're working with organizations that they're using the vision board or, or the road mapping tool? How often should they be coming back to those and and updating them? Yeah, great question. And and as a general rule of thumb, I'd say once a quarter. Okay. And and then you know really look at the, the overall strategy and see if that still works. If the value proposition is the same if the target group stayed the same the product still sufficiently differentiated and see how the product performance is doing look at trends look at competitors look at what's happened inside the organization if anything big has changed if the business strategy has changed for instance all those factors will and and, and will be likely to influence um, and, and change the product strategy and then um you know, make sure that the product strategy and the roadmap are in sync. Uh, sometimes roadmap changes actually lead to vision board or product strategy changes, depending on which tool you use. And sometimes as when your strategy changes, you, you then have to update the roadmap um, because you know, it's, it's no longer valid. So that you keep those those artifacts in sync and you, you get together. Again, my preference is to have a collaborative session, a meeting, a focused workshop with the key players, you know, people uh, from the development team, but also representatives from marketing, sales, um, maybe support um, for commercial products and a management sponsor. And if you have a very young product, or, you know, if you're in a very dynamic environment, that very dynamic market that's um, really uh, fast moving, then sometimes three months isn't enough. And then it may be worthwhile considering looking at strategy and roadmap on a monthly basis and possibly aligning it with other meetings, such as a, a sprint review meeting in, in a scrum context or an operational meeting in a, in a Kanban context. Okay. So um, it, I can easily see how a product manager or product owner would sit down and take time to update these and maybe talk to the business about it. But one thing that I sometimes will see is I'll go in to do an assessment at, a, at an organization and I'll go up to a team member and say, okay, what's the vision for your product? And they have no answer. Um, how important is it that the people on the teams have awareness of the vision board and, and you know, what the overall purpose for all this is? Um, I'm, I'm biased, I think. Sorry. <laughs> I'd say it is important. I think it, it'd be wrong to look at a, a development team and say, well, you know, those are the coders. Okay, they, just, they just write lines of code. Um, developing software is a, a skillful and very creative um, job. And I think it's, it's very important to understand not only what needs to be done and, um, and, and then ask people to decide how the product is developed but also understand the why. And this is really where the strategy comes in to understand why we're, why we're building this thing in the first place and, and who we're building it for. Who does it, who does it, who's it, who's it going to use and, and how does it, how should it benefit people and how will it benefit the company? I think that's very important. And I think that, that, you know, it informs then the rights implementation decisions. Okay. One of the things that I suggest in the, in the book, again, going back to this collaborative approach is to involve members of the development team early on in shaping uh, an initial strategy for a brand new product or, you know, uh, you know initially involving those individuals in, in bigger updates to an existing 
roadmap and then the necessary test or validation activities so that there is a shared understanding so that they can act as evangelists within the development group and within the development team and you know can contribute right from the beginning because some of the great ideas that people might come up with and product owners might have may be very difficult or, or close to impossible to, to to realize from a technical perspective so i think it's, it's good to understand that early on cool okay so if if there is one thing that you could just right now plant in every product owner, or product manager's head, just one one misunderstanding, one thing that you could fix for all of them right now, what would that one thing be? Um, I think for me, it's recognizing that being a product manager, being a product owner, being a product person is a challenging job. It's you know those are multifaceted roles and require a diverse range of skills. And developing those skills and becoming competent in them is not easy. It's a journey. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. Nobody is perfect, you know. So you know, in order to become develop our expertise and become more competent, well, you know, we'll have to be open to, to, to that learning journey and to that development process. You know, people learn and develop in different ways. But I think it's just really understanding that it's not a trivial job, that it's it's okay to struggle, but that it's probably also a good idea to address the reasons why, why people struggle. And, you know, so if, 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 if you feel that product backlog management or interacting with the team is challenging, then, you know, maybe 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 look at a few videos or books or blog posts that, that help you. Or if you feel that maybe vision and strategy is something that, that you find challenging, then again, you know, maybe 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 read up on it. Yeah, it is. It's a hard job. And it's also usually like one person, whereas there's a whole team doing the other stuff. You've got one guy that's their defense against the business or their interaction point with the business. It's a lot. It's a lot to carry. That's right. It's it's challenging, but I find it really exciting. So, <laughs> cool. All right. So people, so the the book just came out. So people can find strategize. They can go to your website, romanpischler or they can go to Amazon to pick it up. Um, and you've got a bunch of classes listed on your website coming up. It looks like your May classes are sold out, but you've got classes in London and classes in Germany as well. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for the plug, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah. Is there any, what, are there any other, um, events or, or other places where people can get in touch with you? Um, so the best way to get in touch with me is, um, go to my website, uh, or tweet me or uh, drop me a line, drop me an email. Um, there's, uh, quite a bit of information available on the website. We've mentioned the, you've mentioned the product vision board and the guy roadmap. Those are little templates that I've developed. You can download them, the, the videos, the articles. Um, there's some, some, some podcasts, there's some, uh, some, some slide decks. So you don't necessarily have to go and buy my book. If you want to find out a little bit more about the product strategy and, and product roadmapping and particularly my, my thoughts and my advice on it. Thanks a lot for doing this. Um, I would encourage people to buy the book and I am also really glad that you wrote the book because um, as somebody who uses your tools and who tries to teach your tools, I think it's it's awesome that you've put together a way for people to access it together and to see it all together. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, that's nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to interview me and sending me those questions up front and putting the podcast together. I, you know, as I said, I'm, 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 I am truly grateful. So thank you. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. Talk yes, to you later. Have a good day. Bye. Dude, bye.